0: All right, welcome back to episode four of the Round Table of Literature. Uh, In a very exciting turn of events, we are actually at a rectangle-shaped table today. Um, It is a goal of ours to sit at a different-shaped table every time. My name is Rick Kloss. I'm once again joined by the spirit of St. Louis, Tom Brown. Um, And today we are going to talk about... um, the Invisible Man, which is uh, a book that the two of us are both about halfway through. Um, but in a larger scope, we're going to talk about the theme of racism and um, how it's always been so commonly adapted to film. Um, so we have picked out three separate films that cover three different time periods. And uh, Tom, if you would like to tell our Audience,
1: what films those are? Yeah, so um, the three movies that we kind of made parallels to the Invisible Man is Django Unchained, uh, came out in two thousand twelve, starring Jamie Foxx. Um, The Hate You Give, um, it just came out just recently in October of two thousand eight, and then remember the Titans, which most people know of, came out in two thousand. So. The book, Invisible Man, kind of deals with racial issues and this African-American man just trying to find his identity in a world where he feels like he's unnoticed, um, in a world where there's a lot of social change going on during the time period that it takes place. And um, so there's a scene, Rick, we talked about this earlier, that kind of directly paralleled, at least in my mind, between Invisible Man and Django Unchained where the the book Invisible Man opens up with this graphic scene where all these white men are drinking and smoking cigars and betting money on this boxing ring of like 15 different blindfolded African-American men and these men are just being pummeled and the guys are watching this like it's a sport and it just describes the scene as graphic and bloody and there's blood spilling out all over and um. Then afterwards, after the fight is over, um, they have, like, this mat where they get to collect their winnings, or so they think they're collecting their winnings, and really when they go to collect their winnings, they just get zapped by this electronic rug, and all the men just look at this like it's a comedy show, and it's really kind of disturbing, and it, it reminded me of, if you've seen the movie Django Unchained, the scene um, in Leonardo DiCaprio's, like, quarters or whatever, he's he's... Betting on this fight with another man, these two slaves are fighting each other, not to the death, but basically to the death. They're like it was to the death. I mean, the did the one guy the, died. One, the one guy did actually die. Yeah, and okay. then they I, fed I, I the other he, guy to the dogs. Oh, that's right. So there you go. I not I don't remember if he lost consciousness uh, or if he if I feel he like he actually, ripped his teeth out if of he his he head actually and died. Then
0: snapped his neck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did
1: snap his neck. So he did. He did die. Then he like bit off his ear or something. Mm-hmm. And, Um, and they were betting on this and watching it like it was a sport and they were like cheering on their own guys so it's just really brutal
0: well yeah and then to sort of connect that to more modern day um, if we move ahead to a movie like Remember the Titans um, while it's not a blood sport that people are betting on um, we can sort of see attitudes in the White community um there's a lot of people that view african Americans as only being useful because of their athletic ability um, and sort of a dehumanizing attitude that a lot of white people have towards the african American community where they're viewed as more of entertainers than rather um, equal human beings, so um, while in the 70s, when Remember the Titans takes place, we're not talking about people beating each other to the death, we're still talking about um, African Americans being valued and viewed as sort of objects that are only useful for athletic endeavors.
1: And it's kind of sad to see, um, I read a book last semester by Shaka Sangor, and it was basically about his life growing up in the streets of Detroit. And it's kind of sad to see that that idea that, um, like, the idea that you just talked about African Americans just being prized for their athletic ability, it's kind of sad to see that that's almost been instilled in some cultures today in, like, really bad um, areas the cities where there's just poor education systems, poor home life. Uh, the one book that I read by Shaka Senghor, he, he literally said that people had just no hope and they just didn't feel like they were able to make a decent life for themselves. And he said some people honestly believed that the only way that was possible was to become famous off of athletics or a musical career such as rapping. And it's, it's really sad to see that even that idea has been instilled in some african American communities where they where they truly believe that they're at such a dif- disadvantage when they're when they first come into this world that they 're really only able to dig themselves out through athletics or musical career as well
0: yeah, and i don 't think that sort of stereotype is even necessarily incorrect because even if we look at it today um, most of the african American quote-unquote famous people that we can think of are almost certainly going to be um, athletes, musicians, or, I mean, there's some actors. But um, I think it was last year at the Oscars, we were still, they made that big, um, they made a lot of, there were a lot of complaints that there was a complete lack of diversity Mm -hmm. in the awards. Um, and, And I think even if we go back in history, prior to i don't know 1990 the only famous african-american people you can think of are either um singers or athletes and even back then there was even fewer african-american actors out there um and i think with the three movies that we picked between django remember the remember the titans and the the hate the hate you give um It's really a demonstration of how across time, I know in history, uh, sort of this hundred year span that we're looking at is relatively small, but um, as much as people like to give themselves credit for there being progress in the world, things still sort of tend to remain the same, and disenfranchised people sort of tend to stay disenfranchised, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and... Kind of what you mentioned earlier, where um, a lot of famous African Americans are either musicians or athletes, it's also unfortunate that you hear a lot of those famous African American athletes came from terrible situations, and they, they say, I just want to be an inspiration, anyone can make something out of themselves, but what, I mean, are they really that great of a role model? If they're saying, you can make something out of yourself, look, I made it out, but they made it out through sports or through a musical career, which is making it to the NBA, NFL, MOB, is like it's a lottery It's a genetic lottery. lottery. It's, it won is. the genetic lottery. It's just it's it's sad that some people are born into such a disadvantage um, in their economic state, in their home life. And like you said, people think that there's change, and it's kind of crazy to think about, even in today's society, that there's some, so many of these underlying issues that you would expect to have been solved but they aren't um and so the most the most recent movie that we brought into this um the hate you give is about it takes place in modern day uh time and it kind of deals with the issue of police brutality um and so the main character watches her childhood best friend get shot um at the hands of a police officer and She was wrongfully accused, Um, and then there's a lot of pressure in the community, and she's trying to find her voice and stand up for what is right, and um, this reminds me a lot of All-American Boys that I read last semester, and basically um, this boy went into a store to buy a bag of chips, and he bent down to reach in his duffel bag for a wallet or whatever, and... (laughs) Uh, the police officer thought he was trying to steal the bag of chips because he, like, he put the bag of chips right by the bag or whatever, and so then he like was trying to arrest the boy, and then the boy was fighting back because he was like, what's going on here? And then um, basically ended up being an issue of police brutality, and that's that's a big issue that we see in today's society. Yeah, um,
0: <clears throat> uh, fortunately, I suppose, for me... The whole issue of police brutality is something that I've never really been witness to myself. Um, as a just middle class, rural, white person, um, I've just never really been exposed to that sort of thing. So I, I've i always found it hard to um, comment on it because I just, it's just, it's a whole other world than anything that I have ever been exposed to, and I think that sort of speaks to the the privilege that um, so many of us are able to experience and utilize um, that other communities are not privileged to utilize. Um, and I think with that sort of thing, it's it really highlights the underlying issue of. Um, of prejudice that still exists in today's world because, um, so many people, when they hear about police brutality, they think about their own lives and think, well, I've never experienced that. This obviously doesn't exist because I've never seen it. And what did these people do that provoked these police officers? Um, so I think it's, it's hard for the African American community to really, um, highlight a lot of the issues that go on in their community because so many of us just are not around that sort of thing and just can't connect to it at all
1: yeah and so I agree with what you said um and like being being from St. Louis I was around the area um during the time of the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson but even like you said like I don't know what it's like I can't experience it even though I'm there like close to it like 20 minutes away I'm still watching it from my living room on a television I'm not I'm not directly impacted by it so it's really hard to speak on this issue or to fully understand Um, but literature and film and things like this are a way where we can sort of get a glimpse as to what it's like it can take us literature and movies can take us places that we can't normally go but um like you said being a white male I I will never probably in my lifetime experience issues like this so it is it is a very difficult issue to speak upon
0: Um, yeah and I think that's why it's such a common topic in in film and literature it's just because um it's a way that these issues can be highlighted and it's a way that a voice can be given to a population that otherwise wouldn't have that voice Mm -hmm. Um, but even with that it's still like you said at the end of the day I'm sitting there watching it on a TV screen and when the movie's over I turn it off and go back to my own life Um, so while it does highlight a lot of the issues that exist It still doesn't do a lot to change people's attitudes, unfortunately, because um, so many people are so privileged in our world, they are just comfortable with their life as it exists and aren't willing to change things. But I think with that... We are going to wrap up episode four of the Round Table
1: of Literature. Um, anything else to say, Tom? No, I think I think that was a good recap. It, and like you said, um, people just go back to their daily lives after watching or reading, reading these things, but the hope is that it at least changes their perspective so that they're open to, to different ideas and different um, viewpoints. So maybe next time you read or watch something that deals with this, just kind of go into it with an open mind rather than just watching it or reading it for an entertainment um, purpose or value. All right. Thank you for listening.